Good evening and welcome everyone to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT, it's what we call it, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com, that's how you get a hold of me, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com. Folks, what we got, you know, tonight we're going to talk about some stuff, we're going to tell some stories, but before that, let's quickly get into the prelims here. Tony can be reached at... PRT Mushu on both Facebook and Instagram. You can uh, just send me a message and I'll go ahead and friend you. Yeah, and I'm not going to no longer, I'm not even going to try to uh, announce because you're just going to beat me to the punch if you can. So I'm just going to say his name from now on, folks. And also with us in the, uh, in the studio is Anthony. I don't have to compete with him because I know he'll, he don't jump on it real quick. No, I'm the smart one. Exactly. I have to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> genius needs to be heard so anyways what we got today is we got we got a crazy a bunch of stories but have you ever like okay have you there's stories we're going to talk about have you ever thought after you dealt with a person that is the weirdest person i've ever dealt with that is not a human being that's what's going on with these people but first things first uh, I want to talk real briefly about the book I just got uh, done. It, it's it's about to be uh, released as of this, as if you're hearing this on a Tuesday, it's probably going to be at the end of this week. The Dogman, Werewolves and the Dogman Phenomena will be, will be ready to go. Bigfoot, a book will be about a week behind. And both of them um, should be pretty thought provoking. So go ahead and check those out. You'll be able to get those on Amazon. And who knows where else they'll end up. But for now, you can pick them up on Amazon. But you can always wait till the conference. And you can go to the conference up in Fort Worth. And you can get an autographed copy from me straight up. And also, if you are a Patreon member, okay, if you're a Patreon member, you can come up to my table. All right? Not only do you get a discount, you get, a, you get $25 off of your ticket, but I'm giving you a book an autograph book for free. That is my my word to you, okay? You're going to come up, Patreon member, you get a free book. So just remember, it pays to join the Patreon. Now that's at the conference if you're going to be at the conference. And, and the Patreon is uh, patreon.com slash PRT podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, if you guys join, we have a lot of different tiers and they all do different things. A $10 tier, if you sign up for that for three months, then you get a goodie bag or a swag bag. If you just want to skip that and you want to join up with a $20 tier, you immediately get that swag bag. Uh, then the $30 tier is better. Uh, on the $40 tier, we amp it up again. And uh, the Oh, we appreciate everyone who joins our little PRT cult. <laughs> and and, and here, I'll make it even better. The $40 tier, one of the books you get is going to be an autographed book from me. It'll be one of my books. So uh, you get an autographed book from one of many authors. We've been doing this for for years on the, on the Patreon. It's the same thing. You get the autographed books. You can get a hoodie. You can get a, a cap and a shirt. Each tier gives you more. Okay, so go ahead and sign up for Patreon. It's a great way to support this show and get this uh, uh, support for us and, and get this swag in your house and on your body. Okay, and that being said, uh, I just want you to know you can always send me a friend request on, on Facebook, and then you can also hit me up, Josh Turner 940 on Instagram, but do me a favor, please. Let me know that you are a listener of the show. Otherwise... I don't know who you are. It's going to be almost impossible for me to uh, approve your friend request because think about it. Put yourself in my shoes. I, I don't know you. 
but we can get to know each other through social media. And you can follow me. And don't forget to go and join the Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook. And we always drop whatever show we do. We go and we put it in the Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook. We haven't been doing it lately because we didn't have the the merch stocked up. But we, we're, we're getting it now. We got it all in. And we will be delivering and sending out um, to you, the Patreon people, your swag. And then whoever leaves a comment on the Paranormal Roundtable group on Facebook, which is free to join, you may be picked to win an autographed book. So that being said, we're going to get started here. Thank you for bearing with us on the, on all that information that we had to give to you. Which you can all find in the YouTube description if you just want to yeah. can't find it from our words. Yeah, well, some of it you can. So anyways, that being said, let's get started here. T- t- today's show, I mean, like I said earlier, have you ever, have you ever been somewhere and you like, and for me, it was a barbecue cook-off and I'll start with my encounter and it wasn't, I, I, it's not, a, it's not like I saw Bigfoot. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> it was weird. Like I was at a barbecue cook-off. Okay. And it was, I think it was in Lockhart, um, years ago. I went to a, you know, and they were doing like this. Now Lockhart kind of has a friendly rivalry with my hometown, Taylor, about like who has the best barbecue. Elgin is like the, the sausage place. Thorndale has a big, you know, they're they're known for their sausage. Taylor and Lockhart are known for their brisket, and and they you can look it up, just look it up. They have all these famous places there. Well, I went to a barbecue cook-off with my friend John, and he's from Lockhart. And he was like, you gotta check this out, man. There's this. Uh, barbecue cook-off we're going to be doing. I'm going to be barbecuing. So I went over there and kind of sport him a little bit. This was several years ago. And uh, I met this guy who was just kind of standing there. And while people were talking, his eyes would close for an inordinately large, or, uh, long time. You know, like you, you don't close your eyes and just hold them closed unless you're falling asleep. But when he would blink, he would do that and then would reopen them. And then when he stood up, the way he walked and the way he moved, and I was kind of talking to my friend, I was like, dude, who's this guy? And he goes, I don't know. He's on my cousin's uh, team or whatever. I don't know this guy. You know, he's just, he's just, and so that was real brief, whatever. And I just thought that guy looks like he's not really human. And then he, then he said he had an emergency and he left. And it turns out he's not from there. Technically he's from another town called Seguin. He's right outside of Seguin. They said he lived out there. I don't know anything about him. But just his mannerisms and everything else made me think very robotic or like what you would think like a reptile, you know, like a reptilian or something. Off, like just I'm, something off. But I, you know, I read into things because I maybe I read too many people's stories, and so I was just even years ago like that. I was already like collecting stories, and I thought maybe I'm just reading into this. Maybe I've read too many episodes of Fate Magazine. I don't know. Um, so, so I, I don't chalk that up as an encounter, but it, it didn't, it did give me pause. Like it made me think, you know, how many people does this happen to? And now y'all know talking to our guards in particular, one of them, Kim, our patrol captain, she's told us encounters that she's had with weird people, like just really weird stuff that they do. And one in particular where she was telling me at Muse one night, uh, it was one of our accounts and she was saying that like. This this guy seemed like he wasn't a real guy, like he was something was wrong with this guy, and and I don't remember the whole story. I don't want to mess it up. I want to go back and talk to her and actually bring her on the show and record with her because she's got a lot of stuff, folks. She actually died, um, literally was clinically dead um, during childbirth, and then she 
ended up being resuscitated, and she's been on my my live stream. Folks, if you're not listening to the live stream, you're missing out. There's a ton of content on there, and we do it every uh, Friday, and then we do it on Sundays. And Kim has this sort of an ability now. She sees things and hears things like, it's really weird. Um, and so she was telling me something about a guy, and I can't remember the whole story. It was a couple years ago, or maybe three years ago. And I was going to tell it on the show, but I never got went back and got with her about it. But dude, that, that's what I'm talking about. Just stuff like that. Like people run into people and they're not like, they're, they're not human. Like I don't know how to describe it. Like I talked about it on the, on the live stream. Um, here's another encounter of mine. This was an actual encounter. Now, I don't know what this guy was or who he was, but me and my brother worked at a place called the Greer Building. Now, if you've already heard this, you probably listened to the live stream, so I'm not going to give the full version of it. You can go to the live stream and find the the episode. I think it was like, what, two or three weeks ago? Yeah, just about. Yeah, and we called him the Bug Man. And it was like, I don't remember who our guest was that night, but we had somebody on there, and we were talking about this individual who, I think it was Bettina. It was Bettina Moss. Yeah. yeah. And so we were talking about this guy, the bug man. And the reason we called him that was because me and my brother worked with this dude. My brother worked with the construction uh, people and I did the security there. And so they were, they were doing, it was a place of building right across from the, the Capitol. And this guy got in the elevator with us. First time I ever met him and he grunted and acted really weird. And we turned around and it was me and the construction foreman, our superintendent, and my brother, we were in, in, in the elevator going up. It was after lunch break, and I had to, you know, be up and down with the construction crew. And this guy worked for the security company I worked for. He was the, the night guard. Like, his job was the whole building. Mine was just to go wherever the construction crew went. And he didn't – he never spoke any words that I know of. Two other guards that I worked with told me that they thought he was weird and that they thought he was from Africa, but they couldn't – they don't know – they didn't know for sure – and he never spoke. He never did anything but grunt. And then one of the workers, one of the construction foremen, actually went into uh, one of the meeting rooms and turned the lights on and saw him standing there facing the wall. Uh, another thing he did that was really weird was like, it was like he adjusted his skin. Like he moved his face and his eyes were sunken in real bad. And it didn't, he didn't, he didn't look like a real person. And I thought, how could this person who doesn't speak and doesn't answer you when you talk to him, no matter who it was, he wouldn't talk to him. He would kind of grunt and just walk off in this weird, creepy manner. Maybe he was just having one of those days that we all have, you know, every now and then. For six weeks. You know, your face, <laughs> your face is sagging off of your skull. You got to readjust it. Got to go to the powder your nose. Ah, yes. As we all do every Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. Seems but pretty normal have- to me. Um, no, but th- this guy, he, he was weird. I mean, he was just a weird guy, but I did some digging and, and I, I went to the office that I used to work at, the company I used to work at. And I asked him, long story short, I said, dude, can you give me any information on this guy? Well, the field captains didn't know. And then the owner of the company I was friends with, he didn't know. They had no, the hiring manager didn't know. It was a very large company. And they had a hiring person, and they had a, they had a, um, a person that was operations manager. I'd known him for years, worked with them in three different companies. He didn't know. And he's like, who's this guy? You know, we, we, we didn't know who he was, and he had no paperwork on him. And it turns out that he was never turning in reports. 
And so, and he also worked at another place called the Littlefield Building um, years ago, and they had the, the same situation there. And there was a guy that used to work that I was friends with, and I talked to him, and he told me the same thing. He's like, the guy's just weird. I, 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 so, he, he, eventually, he was excused. He was asked to not go to work because, well, the weirdest thing, I mean, he had no paperwork on him. He wasn't collecting a check. He was wearing a security uniform and going to work, and he ended up on a schedule somehow. How all this happened, I still don't know to this day. I think it's a very, very, very weird thing. I go pretty deep on it on, on the on the live streams. So you guys can check that out. But that's my, you know, whatever. And then I have a weird reptilian type thing that I think happened at the club because you know, downtown awesome. I was working downtown. It was, there was all these, you know, just all the time with the weird, um, people and stuff. And there was just, it's a just a wide very, variety of characters. Yeah. Mean. A lot of people come through there. So it doesn't surprise me that something happened. And I think if you're very aware and you're awake, you see these things where a lot of people say they don't see these things. Cause I think a lot of people just kind of drift through their day. I'm not one of those people. I don't drift through the day. I'm very aware. I'm very like, you know, um, you know, so that I think that th th those are the things that have, that I've seen myself personally, but here, here's some weird stuff. There was a girl that I became friends with who used to work at, this was years ago too. Um, she worked at a hat store. I don't know if I should say the name of it, but it's a very large store there in all the malls. And I had gone in there to get a hat made. And this was probably like 2015 or something like that. <clears throat> well, she introduced me to one of the employees that worked for her or worked there. And she says, you know, she's got a very weird story to tell. Uh, we were talking about werewolves, dog man, whatever. And uh, I don't remember how this, the conversation came up. But I think it was a year or two before I met Nellie. And so that's how I remember. I think it was like 15 or 16. And I believe I was doing that other show, what it was. And so she's like, my, my friend has a very weird story about somebody she doesn't think was a person. <clears throat> and now when you go back and you look in, in the files, you know, and, and I knew that my guest that was, was on the show on Friday was Lyle Blackburn. So I went back and I looked up the stuff that I had with Lyle and that we were going to talk about. One of the things was a guy that appeared in a park to a couple that looked like, quote unquote, the devil. And they, and if you go back and listen to the show on the Friday live stream on YouTube, it was really weird because after their encounter, they told Lyle that they didn't think that the person was like a real person. They thought it was like a demon or the, the, the actual devil pretending to be human. And then they went home and some weird paranormal stuff happened. So they were just kind of like taken aback by all that. And so when I, when I went back and I was looking up some of the stuff that Lyle and me had talked about, when that popped up. That was in a file where there was a bunch of other stuff about people who weren't really people or people that looked like they were <sighs> demonic, robotic, reptilian, whatever. Well, this is one of those stories. And I remember just kind of jotting this one down and then just kind of throwing it in there um, in one of the files I had on my old email. And so I was looking at it and I was like, what is this one? And so it, I opened it up and I remember this one. Uh, as soon as I started reading it, I didn't even have to finish it. I knew what it was. This one was really weird. Now, this girl, she had an encounter with something in the elevator at the mall. 
Okay. And then there's, I'm not going to say which mall. I don't want to be, I don't want anybody coming after me for saying what, you know, I don't know if I should say it, but anyways, there's two major malls figured out. There's two of them. Okay. Um, and she was at a mall in South Austin. Let's put it that way. Okay. So if you can figure it out from there, then you figure it out. All right. So anyway, she was going down the elevator. There's like an elevator there. <clears throat> and I believe there's only one, but it's a very large mall, very large. And she said that when this guy got into the elevator with her, he was talking. And when she looks over and she says, this guy's talking, I thought, oh, well, he's probably talking on his Bluetooth, right? She goes, no, 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 no. This guy was just talking. Like he was having a conversation. So then she thinks, oh, this guy's schizo. You know, he's got some schizo, something. So she's like, moves over as far as she could. Immediately, the guy looks over at her, and this was creepy. And it's not a really long story, but it would scare the crap out of me, especially if I was, she's a small girl. She's not a big woman. And she tells me, and I believe it was me and, and, and my brother as she was telling us, and she said, I, I move over to the other side of the elevator, and then he's a voice gets like several degrees deeper, you know. Then, 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 and he's like, "What's wrong? You've never seen the devil." And he tells her in this deep voice, and she said she looked over, and his eyes were black, like black, you know, like the whole thing was black, like everything. And she was just like, "What the heck?" And then she said that. When he when she did, he popped his back and then threw his back back like his back whatever, and she said he looked like he was about two or three inches taller, and so she was like when and it was like this short elevator ride just straight down right just one floor but it doesn't move real fast. She's like when I when that elevator door opened, dude, I want I stood there for a minute waiting so that he would go get off. So she waits for this <laughs> was messed up. She waits for him to get off. He doesn't get off. So he just pushes the button and she's terrified. So then they're going back up. <laughs> and so then she's like, this time, if I get up to the top, I'm I'm running. I'm not going to stay. And he looked over and she said he smiled. And, and what she did not notice when she first got in the elevator and heard him talking to himself was he had little bitty jaggedy looking teeth, like a little piranha teeth. And she was just like, oh my gosh, what is, what is this guy? What is that? And so... It could have gone either way. Like I had it, and like we were talking about, Tony, like unpeople. You know, it was basically people, not real people, you know, and then I had vampires. That could have gone either way. I don't know what you would classify that as, but rest assured, when the elevator door opened, she ran out. And that guy just kind of sat there looking down, kind of like with his, with his head down, but his eyes trained on her and smiling and waving at her as she's running off the elevator. But she asked me what I thought of that, and I said, dude, I would have... I don't know what I would have done. I would have been scared to death if I was her. Now, if being me, I would have just gotten off the elevator the first chance I got. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't have even hesitated. I'd have been like, okay, dude, whatever. Um, because like I was on an elevator with Bugman, you know, <laughs> but he was a short little dude. He wasn't like menacing. He wasn't like intimidating at all. He was just weird. But this guy was like tall. I said, how tall? She said about six foot six. Uh, that's big. And he was a big shouldered, broad, big, broad guy. She looked, he said, look, the undertaker, Oof. like the, you know, everything, the hair, everything. That's terrifying. And she says she, her brother watches wrestling and she's like, you know, it's like the undertaker. Well, the, the girl she worked with was saying, you know, that, um, that guy, she thinks she had seen him before. And she's like, I think I'd seen him walking around or whatever, you know? And she goes, so, so 
her her friend did make a good point. She's like, well, what if it's fake teeth and and you didn't see, but he put it in contact or something? She goes, no, no. She goes, I my eyes were trained on him. She's like, and then when he looked at me, I I I, I tried. I looked away, but it was like a car wreck. I had to look back at him. And she's like, for a split second, his eyes were normal. Then they were black, like boom, boom. Like she saw the change. Would you say it was like, I mean, I, obviously I don't know if you know because, but, but, but was it like ink hitting water where it just spread out and then fully formed into black? Or was it just like, like he just blinked and his eyes were black? Do you think like, that's what I mean? <clears throat> Is it like, was it just completely black instantly or was it like it slowly, gradually just turned black? I don't know. Uh, I didn't, I didn't the know only way I can that. tell you is that, you know, I mean, she just said that she saw it go black. Like it was boom, you know. I don't even know what I would do. I yeah. guess we, me and him would just have a shack off and voices, but <laughs> besides <laughs> that, what could you do? I mean, you know, and she said that he was just like, you know, you've never seen the devil before. You know, like like it was so weird. She said the, the, the voice though. She said she felt it in her chest and it like echoed and like the sound wasn't leaving. Like it was bouncing around. That was weird. Yeah, all you can do in that situation is just stay in prayer until you have an opportunity to get off that elevator. I mean, there are no other options. Uh, and, uh, here's another one. I'll go right into the next one. There was a festival that happened downtown Houston. And uh, I think this one was like in 1997 or 96. It was in the mid-90s. I, I don't have the note in front of me exactly, but I know this one by heart too. And this one was given to me um, uh, probably not even a month ago. And so I was looking in my folder and I was like, I was like, oh, this, this is a good story. And so I was reading it and it was, this one was submitted by a woman named Michelle from Houston. And one of the things that she said about this was like, you know, we were talking about elote, you know, like, mm -hmm. she said that she likes elote, you know, and she's actually, she's, she's, she's white, but her boyfriend is, is, is a Latino. He's Mexican. And he told her, he's like, let's go down to the festival and they have all these vendors, all this stuff going on, and blah, blah, blah. And so they went downtown Houston into this big festival. And his her her, her boyfriend, uh, whose name was Javier, his and they were they were okay with using the first names, whatever. His friend had a stand down there where he sold elote. And so he says, dude, he goes, You're not gonna believe this. He gets there and he's like, there's a guy right next door, right, right next to me selling elote. And I'm like, dude, this whole festival and you got to park right next to me. So he said some choice words about the guy and the guy's over there smiling, like just like she said that when she looked over her and her boyfriend looked over this dude and he was smiling the whole time. But she was like, that was not a human being. No way in hell that was a human being. She said that, that when she looked at him, he had these red like splotches on his skin. It was, he was like tan colored Hispanic person, right? They had these weird splotches on his skin, but they were all uniform. So that was weird, you know? Yeah. So it's not like psoriasis, you know? I mean, where it's, it's random. It was like. Like red, a pattern. Like a pattern, like a red circular pattern. And she goes, and she walked over there to him and I was like, I'm going to try his corn. And her, her brother's cousin, it was his cousin, actually, friend, cousin, whatever. He was like, well, go ahead, trader, you know, kind of <laughs> aggravated. And he says, you know what? Go ahead. Try it. Let's see what he's got, you know, because he's got a bunch of people going over there. there was, he said there was like a line to, to get his corn. This is what she said. She said when she got in line, 
she gets up to the thing to order and he talks. He's like, he gets down, never stops with this Cheshire cat grin. That's my words. And and he's just like, yes. And she's like, he's like, and what would you like with a little bit of an accent? And she said, he talked so creepy. Like he sounded like, you know, some sort of weird, you know, like a weirdo, you know, like he was like, yes, what do you want? And she was like, taken aback at him for a moment there. But then she goes, then I started looking into his eyes and she's like, and I just wanted to, 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 to buy the food from him. I just wanted to eat it. No, no bull. She's like, it was like once she got in front of him and then she started noticing this was weird, right? She looks around she sees all these people milling around eating the corn. As soon as they're done with it, every one of them went back in line and was, were, was rebuying it. Maybe there's something in that corn. Well, she took a couple bites of it and she said that it was delicious. It was sweet. And it was like, she said it was almost like when she, she ate it, it was like eating music. That was her word. Says what wow. she said. And I, and so I messaged her back and I said, elaborate please. Cause I don't know. What does that mean? Eating music. And she says, she's like, I don't know. It was like, you know, and, and now there's words for people who can taste music. Yeah, and see, it's called synesthesia. See colors. Yeah. I mean, not hear colors. Yeah, hear colors, like colors. Like, well, for me, like numbers are colors too. I might be mild, but th this, you know, woman, she was like, I've never been that way. Uh, Cause I told her there's synesthesia. She goes, no, I've looked into it. That's not what it was. She's like, and then when my boyfriend ate some of it, then he took it all. So then next thing you know, we're both back in line buying corn from this guy, which to the consternation of her, her cousin, her, her, her <laughs> boyfriend's cousin, who was like, yeah, oh, okay, you know what? Just I'm just gonna go home. So he got mad, like he literally just shut down and went home early, and was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Y'all enjoy the festival. I'll see you. You know, didn't sell hardly anything. So one or two early, but then when this guy showed up, and then they get home. Now get this, they get home, they get really sick, not in the way. That you would think, like, oh, I ate something bad. I got, I'm on the toilet, you know, and and you're 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 just you're there, you know. That's not what I'm talking about. She said that it was it was ex, ex, expelling expelling it from their mouths. Put it that way. Yeah, like and they poison? were like they went out on the balcony of their apartment and just project, yeah, projectile. Like it was bad. Here's the crazy thing: when they did, the corn was black, black. It was a weird story. And then, and she said that w whenever that guy uh, was packing up, getting ready to leave, she's like, they, they ate, each ate three ears of the corn before they, before it was all said and done. She's like, I, I was on the way home. I was thoroughly convinced he wasn't really a human. Now, what was even weirder was whenever he, ha he had a little, little hat on, right? A little, little uh, hat, you know, the kind you see like Juan Valdez hat, you know, where he's, on, you know, in his donkey, whatever. Yeah. And she said that he looked like a migrant person, you know, um, and her boyfriend was like, I wonder if he put something in that corn because it sure was good. We got to get that recipe, whatever. And when he would talk to people, like there was a French couple there. This guy spoke perfect French, spoke perfect Spanish, spoke perfect English. It was like, boom, boom, boom. He could talk all these languages, right? And then he heard him. She, he, he, the boyfriend heard him talking to one of the customers saying, oh, I've been all around the world selling my corn. Everybody loves it. She thinks, this is what she told me. She thinks that 
not only did, did did he use some sort of magic with this food that she that he she consumed because she saw this weird little thing he was wearing around his neck, which was pretty telling. And she said that it was like a little scarecrow man looking like dude made out of like uh like uh what do you call it where they twist tie it together. I forgot what it's called. Twine it? or yeah, the, it's the, like the a, twisty ties? Yeah, it's like a little twisty tie man or whatever. And on the in the middle of it, he had like this weird symbol. Like that it was like a like when you take like um reeds and you fold it over and you make like a little man yeah. out of it. That's what it looked like. But the little man was wearing like a necklace almost, and it looked like a weird symbol. She couldn't tell me what it was because it was too small. She goes, I couldn't make it out, but it was just odd, you know? And he said, I've been all over the world selling my corn and people love it. She thinks that there was something that was put into that corn. And when they, they threw it up, she thinks that it was a good thing because that night they both got really sick with the fever. She had something appear to her on her, at the side of her bed, which was weird. But she said she looked up and it was this really tall, angelic looking figure and it touched her head, said, you're going to be okay. And then it went around the other side and touched her boyfriend's head. They wake up and they're perfectly fine. But the next day, they talked to a couple friends of theirs who had been to the festival and they had gotten sick too. And she said, what they, what did you eat? And the guy goes, I don't know, corn dog. And, and then they said, corn. And she's like, oh, no. So apparently it happened to several people uh, that they got sick. Um, they had the full Monty. They didn't just get, you know, throwing up, whatever. They were, it was sick. They were sick, you know. And for a minute there, they thought they were going to have to go to the hospital. So it was bad, whatever it was that he gave them. And, and, and she said for months, she felt like her friend was telling her that she felt like something was looking through her eyes. Like she's like, I would look in the mirror and I would be like, is this me or somebody looking, is somebody else there? That's what she was, her friend was telling her, the ones that, that they ate the corn too, that, that they found out about the next day. So that's weird. But she thinks that her and her boyfriend were okay because whatever it was that came, like it, it, it helped them and then it made them expel it. But it's, it's creepy folks to think about that there are people out there that could be, you know. I mean, selling, you know, you're, when you're eating something, you're putting it in your body. I mean, that's a very, you know, serious thing. You know, people, people do it all the time, not even thinking, you know, but you don't know because somebody that's making something like that, they could curse it. They could do all kinds of things. So I don't know what he was doing or what he was up to or who he was, but I don't think he was uh, a normal person. I don't even know where to go with that story it's so wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the very least it was like some kind of experimental program where some kind of new substance was being tested on human beings that i don't know maybe interacts with like dopamine receptors like instantaneously oh so you think it was some kind of ai could have been but i'm, I'm saying like on just like on the on the very surface level at the very least it it could have been some kind of some kind of experiment to test whatever substance was was put into that corn that I, would, I would gonna, make people instantly yeah. like feel good when they eat it. Yeah, and, and, and then want more. Yeah, and Euphoria then yeah, and it had to, like music. Yeah, like it had to be something that was 
that interacted with your dopamine receptors, but also was like mildly psychedelic to where you, you weren't having hallucinations, but it triggered things like synesthesia and euphoria. I would agree with that, except for the dude himself. He's too creepy to be like, he... So maybe it was Brujeria. I'm thinking that it might be like some dark merchant. The word like he's well, selling... We, we, we've talked about how magic and science intertwine. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. selling you corn, but you don't know what you're buying and you don't know what he's taking. And the fact that the corn was black when, whenever they expelled it, let's say. GMOs, dude. Well, I mean, like to me, that's an indication. <coughs> that's an indication of an unnatural chemical reaction. That, you know, like when corn interacts with stomach acid, it doesn't turn black. No, well, no. no. Yeah, exactly. It's not, uh, it's, it doesn't do that. It sounds like... He sounds to me, if I had a guess, like a dark merchant. He goes around selling you something, and what you think you're buying is corn, but what you're really selling, or what, what he's really buying, uh, what, what you're really buying is something else. And he takes something from that transaction. What if he's alien? That's why I, yeah. I don't know what it is. It could be just demonic alien or some both. dude who's lived for a thousand years and made a dark pack with someone. Now just goes around selling stuff, or it could be like a alien that came here and and you know was testing out new chemicals. But it's just, it's so bizarre because the fact that she wasn't interested in corn and then she saw his eyes and then she was like, oh, I got to try this corn. Yeah. And then when she ate it, then she wanted more. And then when her boyfriend ate it, then he wanted more. And then it became like, what's going on here? You know, like, why are we suddenly so interested in this guy's (laughs) corn, you know? And we ate three ears. And then, like I said, much to the chagrin of his cousin who was mad at him. Yeah, and then he was like, "Well, that's what you get. <laughs> you ate the corn. That's what you get." And see, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be only witchcraft or only some kind of substance that he put in the corn. Because in all of shamanism, witchcraft, you know, what have you, in a lot of these spiritual practices, they employ substances. It's very much part of shamanism, witchcraft, or whatever. You know, that like the two things are not separate. It's all intertwined. It all connects together. This guy could have, I, I don't know what he was, AI, some kind of robot or, or human simulation or some kind of alien being masquerading as, as a human, or maybe he was like some kind of warlock. It could be a combination of these things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I definitely don't, I, I, I have to stay away from the AI just because of the mysticism stuff he did in the beginning, because the, that, that made this. Yeah, spells. that's true. Like the little straw man thing. Yeah, what is that? AI that is not going to build that. AI is not going to wear that around because it looks so weird. So if someone's going to draw attention that, to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, like yesterday when me, you, and, and Nelly were driving, Anthony, and we pulled up next to that guy, and he had that 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 skull on his. Oh yeah, with, right there on the, the dashboard with the horns, and he had that little weird thing hanging down. I was like, "What is that, dude?" It was just demonic, and he looks over at me, and he's all like, like scowling and i'm like dude this guy just looks like he's steeped in some weird stuff i just felt a weird creepy energy from that dude man and also like based on how he was like described like it doesn't seem like someone who is human but is slightly off it just seems like someone who's just entirely off and just posing as a human instead of like trying to make them look human he He's just like I'm, I'm. I'm playing pretend right now. I'm something else entirely. I, I wasn't created to look human, and I'm. I can't do it. I'm. I'm just not at all. Yeah. 
how that's just <laughs> somehow he's getting everybody to dance to his tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think well, anyway, moving on here. I I got a friend, he's one of my ring brothers from back in the day, dude. We 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 call ourselves the ring. We just it's a name we made up. We were friends back in the day, a bunch of guys that just uh created a club. Let's put it that way. And we all just hung out and told stories. Nah, I'm just joking, folks. No, nah, but but his nephew Tay, and y'all know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his nephew Tay told me a really weird story. He was working at the airport right here in Austin, you know, and and he's, he'd worked there a few years ago. And he was telling me, he said, dude, I saw some weird stuff, man. Weird people try. One time, he didn't work for the TSA. He was a baggage handler, but he was like walking through the airport, going to his <clears throat> station or whatever to go do what he's got to do. And um, he saw somebody, you know, literally trying to take like a seven foot snake onto the plane and they were like wrestling with it. And he was like, dude, what the heck? You know, that kind of crazy stuff. Right. Well, he told me, he goes, I said, what's over there at our ashes bar. And I I told him, I said, Tay, what is the weirdest thing you've ever seen? And, you know, and him and his uncle were, were there and they were like, oh man, we see some weird stuff. And he goes, he goes, I don't, you know, he goes, honestly, He's like, I went to eat lunch, take a break one time, and I saw this guy who looked like an Asian guy, East Asian, because Asia's a big place. I hate when they say Asian because that's there's a huge different types of people there, but whatever. Yeah, I don't look Indian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Indians live in Asia too, and so do, you know. But anyway, this person was East Asian. He said he looked like it anyway, and he said that he the guy was messing with his arm, and he goes, and I saw him pull his hand uh, like up and it came out and went like like you could hear it like he goes i was on the next table over and he was messing with what looked like some sort of wires and like like little bars that were like <clears throat> connected his hand to his arm and then he goes i thought wow they've really come a long ways with there being you know this technology for prosthetics you mm-hmm. know and he, he, Tay says he's looking over at him and he's like, wait a minute. That, that's, you know, the guy starts like moving his arm and you hear like, like this weird, you know, like, like Terminator, you know, whatever. And he's thinking, how is this guy going to get through the, the metal detector? The metal detector. So he's just like, he was confused by that. He just, that, that was weird. I thought that was just a short story, but, you know, he thought it was odd. And then he said the guy looked over and when he did, he kind of turned his neck and his head a certain way. And he said it reminded him of the Terminator, you know? And I was like, and his friend was kind of making fun of him. He's like, oh, man, you saw the Terminator. You, you you let it get in your head, dog. And he was like, no, for real. Like, this is what I saw. Did he see him put the hand back on? Yeah, it just went right back in. And like, was it he using that hand? To mm-hmm. like, that's so weird. Because that's yeah. not prosthetic. <laughs> no, he was using the hand like a normal hand. Now, that was a short story, but get this. This isn't the first time I've heard something like this. Now, I had a friend who used to do security for I uh, probably shouldn't say, but he was it's a very large um computer company. Hmm. Okay, let's just put it that way. And th- you know, he worked there for several years. And when we were first when it was first certain uh parts of it were being built, I did security there too f- with him for a little while. And he told me a crazy story when he was in the military. He said that when he was in the military, he was in Okinawa, you know, in, in the Marine Corps or whatever, and he was telling me he said, dude, there was a guy there that they claimed, okay, he was he made friends with some of the locals they had years ago that this guy was was literally unkillable. Like this dude used to do like I guess tricks or something. It wasn't something he did in Okinawa. It was people that lived there that he made friends with. And they were telling him about a guy from the mainland Japan 
who literally like he did things like he could cut limbs off and they would regrow. And like, he was telling me this. And when he, you know, I was thinking about the hand thing. Right. And he said, one of the things he did, like he literally cut off his hand and within, and he was always in the water, always swimming. Right. It was really weird. Nobody knew where he came from. And they said that one of the things he did was like, he, he, he literally showed these people the progress of his hand. This is like back in the eighties, early nineties. And he said that the people like witnessed it, like him regrowing a hand. Think of like Deadpool. Yeah. And I thought that that was so weird when he told me this was, this was years. He told me this years before the Deadpool thing was ever a thing, you know? And so I just kind of thought one day I'll, maybe I'll have a thread that I can put it together with, you know? Okay. So that, that right there was weird, but then here's another one. And this was another one. Uh, at a mall, and this was a friend of mine's ex-girlfriend, a uh, guy that he's now an archaeologist. Uh, he's down in South America, whatever. A uh, friend of mine, very, very smart guy. He's one of the people that first helped me, like, you know how we, the, the aquarium and all that? Oh, like, yeah. all my fish would have died if I if this guy wouldn't help me. So he was like, dude, let me help you. <laughs> Your fish dog, you know, whatever. But anyway, really nice guy. He used to work with us downtown. And he told me a really weird story uh, a few months ago. We were talking on Facebook and whatever. And he, he messaged me, says, hey, man, I know you got a show now. And my, my girlfriend really digs it, you know. We're down here in uh, Chile or whatever. He goes, you know, I want to, you know, turn her on to the show, whatever. I want to tell you a crazy story. And so here's another one along those same lines of just weird whatever. And this one wasn't his, it was his girlfriend's story, but it's credible to me because I know him. And so it it was so weird. Like, like he was, she was telling him that one time she met a person who wasn't a person. And she said that he was like a porter, like a person that worked for them on these digs. Right. And she said that literally the guy, (laughs) this is so crazy, right? The guy's walking, carrying stuff, moving around, doing everything he does like a normal person, always whistling, you know, being friendly with everybody. He sits down to eat lunch and he kind of turns his head to the side. She said, and he was messing with his eyes and she noticed that he had two marbles in his hand. And then he turned and, and looked at her direction like she could see his face. There was nothing but black holes right there. Those two marbles in his hand were his eyeballs. He didn't have eyes. <laughs> How on God's green earth do you walk around carrying stuff and, and moving stuff all day if you're blind, if those are fake eyes? And that, that's not like a, it's not a super like, safe job to be walking <laughs> no, around blind. Not at all. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, and she goes, I, she's like, she told him. Um, his, his, like I said, he's got, he's kind of does a sensitive job. I don't want to say his name. Start starts with a B. Y'all probably heard me talk about him before, but he will say B and his girlfriend L she said, you know, I saw this. I know what I saw. Like this guy literally pulled what looked like marbles out of his skull and, and he had, he had no eyes. She's like, later on, she saw him again. And she said that she could have swore that his eyes changed color. Like they went from like a weird yellow in the middle where like the middle of the eye was all like a yellowish color and it just kind of turned brown slowly. It was weird. I don't know. So, I mean, you know, what is that? That sounds yeah. like some, did you ever see that, see that movie Pan's Labyrinth? 
Yeah. Hands alive. When that when that creature oh, takes its the, eyeballs out of the uh, off of the table. It and, was and, like set during the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Is that Gil, yeah, Gil like there's Toro, this creature. Gil Toro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's this human like the big rake looking humanoid creature who's sitting at a table. He's like sitting there perfectly still. And like he he grabs these two eyeballs from off the table and he and he puts the eyes in inside of his hands. In the palm of his hand. I think I remember that. Hands. He walks by like putting his hands on his forehead by oh, yeah. yeah. I think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I it's saw it years ago, thing. man. I don't know if I saw yeah. the whole movie. It was just weird. No, but with these movies, be them sci-fi or horror movies. A lot of times that's art imitating life, not the other way around. So, you know, what if that was based on something like that people have actually seen in the past? Well, that was the whole point of the interviews we did with Chris Garitano. Yeah. <laughs> those interviews are important, folks. If you if you keep up with the show, you should really go back and check those out because we talk about all that. Not to mention it. It's just a good good show, I think. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I enjoyed talking to him. And, 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 Wealth you know, of knowledge, yeah. He's a, he's a filmmaker and he knows a lot about, he knows his stuff. He'll be at the conference too, by the way, folks. Here's the thing. You know, you get these reports and now, of course, I got a bevy of them from people working in the clubs. This could be two parts, three parts, how many parts you want to do. But uh, here's one. And this one was really weird. These people worked at the club with with me and my brother. Um, and one of them was a good friend of my brother's. And he had a girlfriend that worked at the club and... There, this, there's a couple different scenarios that are kind of similar, um, but another one is a vampire story. I believe it may be a vampire story, so I'm going to save that one for a vampire episode, but this one was really weird. They were, like a few days after Halloween, they were hanging out downtown, and they went to a, uh, and I say, I say that because at Halloween, something really weird happened to a couple people that at, that, in that at that same time frame, it was really weird. And you know, that was the vampire thing that happened right around Halloween. And then a couple of days after that, we had another weird thing that happened to two people that worked for us. So in that same year, uh, my friend, uh, Samantha that worked down there with us, she was, she was commenting. She's like, why are all these weird things happening to people that we work with? And I told her, I don't know. We have a weird bar, you know, but, but then again, there was a, there was a lot of weird stuff that went on downtown a lot. It's huge. You got like 300 bars and nightclubs down there. It's weird stuff's bound to happen. And if you want to blend in and be weird, that's the place to be. Austin, go be weird. But this was beyond just being weird. This happened off of Red River. It was a weird uh, place, whatever, anyway. And uh, so my brother's good friend, his, um, I'll call him V, he went into a bar. And here's another weird sideline to this, but before I get any further, the other person that had something weird happen to him, his name started with a V too. So that's that's really weird. That's that's a that's just a weird thing. But anyway, this guy, my brother's friend, he didn't work with us. His girlfriend was a waitress at our at our club, and like I said, a few days after Halloween, they went into a, a bar off a of Red River, and they were having a big, you know, like a rave. I guess it would be kind of like a you know, like a where they do techno and they mm -hmm. do all that, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so they were dancing around and having whatever. And so she said, look, I've been drinking. I'm not going to lie. She's like, and my boyfriend had been drinking. Now there may have been other things involved. I don't know. It's but a rave. It's a rave. Yeah. I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you, but there were, there was another friend of theirs that was with them. Now she had only been drinking. So her and her friend, the, the other female friend went into the restroom. They see two guys. This is before gender neutral bathrooms were a thing everywhere. 
Um, it was a go- woman's bathroom, and and so the ladies went in there. They see two guys standing there, and they appear to be arguing, <clears throat> and maybe doing some kind of what she thought was some kind of drug deal. And she's like, they they just kind of went into the stall together because they were kind of freaked out. You know, women do that. You know, there'll be the two of them in the stall, whatever. She's like, and so I, she goes, I had to do number one really bad. So it was really quick and I just want to get out of there. She's like, and then when I go to open the door, I hear these two guys kind of tussling my words that they were, you know, kind of pushing and shoving. She could hear them bouncing off of the the stalls and they could see their feet. So her and her friend got scared and they're like, what the hell's going on? So they were in there and they're both standing there like scared to come out of the stall because these guys are in a fight and they were big guys. And she said one of them was yelling in a weird voice that sounded like some language she had never heard before. Now, the weird thing is her uh, adopted, they have they had an adopted brother, Hirsch, growing up. And he was from Yugoslavia. It was uh, not uh, Serbian, uh, uh, Kosovo. Okay. So she had heard, you know, he could speak two or three different languages. And she said that it was nothing like Eastern European, anything she'd ever heard. She herself was bilingual. She could speak Spanish. She said it didn't sound anything like that. And the girl she was with, that girl could speak German and Dutch. So nobody really could understand, of the two girls, like they could understand what his language was. All these people did appear to be like European of some kind. Finally, after a few minutes, her boyfriend comes in there and he's like, oh my God. You know, he's like shocked. And so they... The, the the noise had stopped and they opened the stall and there was a guy laying on the ground with the other guy standing, not standing over him, but kneeling over him, not even giving a crap that there are three people looking at him, watching him do this. And he was literally like his face was over the other guy's face and it looked like he was, he had the guy, like the, the, the bottom part of the guy's face in his mouth and the side of his face was green like a lizard like literally and they were like what in the heck is this what is going on here why is this guy literally it wasn't like he was kissing him no the other guy looked like he was completely unconscious like he was biting yeah he was and then he pulled his face off and they saw blood around the guy's mouth and so they all three just ran out and they went and they got the security and when they came back um they couldn't find the guy whatever there was, this is the weird thing. The, the, the guy was okay. They, they, they got him his heart. He had had a, uh, what do you call that? Like where your pulse gets real high, whatever. And then you go into like a arrhythmia whatever. Yeah. So he had like a, something wrong with his heart and they had to resuscitate him. Like he was okay. He turned out to be okay, but he almost died and he was being suffocated. Wait. So when you said he pulled his face off, you mean he, he pulled his face off of the other guy's face? Yeah, like okay. he, like he had just okay because I was imagining like a more gruesome version of that. Like he pulled no, the guy, ripped the guy's face. No, off. no, <laughs> okay. there was blood. Yeah, because I was going to say he how latched on that? and I like he onto that guy's face yeah. with his mouth, and they said that his mouth was like open wide, like like, like, was like yeah, like a, like yeah, a like snake or a, like a reptile. Yeah, and the side of his face was green and scaly. But it gets worse because I knew a guy named Russ that worked down there at that particular club. And what what he remembers that story, but he said that when they looked at the at the cameras, you know, um, this is like the mid two thousands or something like that, and, and when it happened, but they looked at the cameras and they see a tall, thin, gaunt looking guy just come out of the bathroom and ju- with a white shirt and black pants and just walk out, 
didn't look anything like the guy that they had seen doing that to that dude. That's the only thing they saw was that. And then they, they see them three run out of there. You know, prior to that, they see two guys, one short hair, one long haired, both big, wearing like leather jackets. And they go into the stall, right? Into the woman's restroom. When, and then the two ladies went to the stall. Uh, one of them, she worked for us. Uh, but anyway, she she was just like, I, I know what I saw. This this is there was a guy on top of another dude, and I was re- reminded of this story just a while back from a friend of D's, uh, my brother's friend who got in touch with me through messengers. A former rock musician guy was always partying down there. Uh, cool guy, just a little funny thing. He's he sounds like the dude from uh, what what is it the the guy that drives the bus on the Simpsons. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, hey, man, you know, it's really weird what happened, you know? And like, so he was telling me about the, and that was her boyfriend, but uh, he wasn't interested in us saying, not Sideshow Bob, it was the guy that uh, rode, drove the bus. I forgot his name. He's like, hey, man, he's always got the headphones in. Yeah, he's it's the, the guy bus with driver. the dreadlocks, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not Sideshow Bob. Sideshow Bob is a villain. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember his name. You can look him up. I know who you're talking about. I just don't have no yeah. idea what his name would be. But anyway, he talks like him. So he was like, he said, I got a story, you know, and, and I was reminded of this because this, you know, it happened a long time ago. So he asked me if I had told that story on the show and I was like, no, I hadn't told it, you know, um, but it is a reptilian story. And and I just remember, like, I'd kind of forgotten about it, you know, Otto, Otto, that's his name. Okay. So he talks kind of like Otto. And so anyway, he's like, oh, you got to tell that on your show, man, you know, and uh, he doesn't, he didn't actually tell me on the phone, tell me, but I know how he talks. And so when I was reading it, you know, I was reading it in his voice and I was like, I got to tell this story. And, and he goes, you remember that happened to us, you know? And I was like, yeah, I remember. I remember that, that story. But uh, yeah, it was a crazy story. And it just, I just remember Rusty, uh, or we called him Russ, but his name, we call, his name was Rusty. But I remember talking to him and saying, hey, was there camera footage of that? Because we went down there a few days later, like on a Sunday when we were off. Uh, it was me, Squid, Jerome, and, and D. Uh, and we all went down there and we talked to this guy and we were all there. I mean, you could ask any one of them. And and so we were talking to this dude and he says, yeah, he says, like, we, we, we saw camera footage is weird. You know, I don't know what they saw. He goes, you know, what happened to them inside, but we do have cameras of them going in there. Now, of course, this was like, I think 2005 or six. The cameras weren't nearly as good as they are now. The cameras now aren't even that great. <laughs> and I think my friend John uh, is the one that actually installed those cameras or whatever. But anyway, we, we were sitting there talking to, to them, and they were saying that, you know, there was this weird, um, like, they didn't they couldn't explain it. Something weird had happened. Two guys go in. They don't look anything like the guy that came out. The guy that came out was a thin, pale dark haired guy, the guy that was the two guys that went in there. One of, one of them was a dark haired guy, but he was the one that was laying on the ground messed up. The other dude had like dirty blonde hair and he had a, he had a ponytail. So who the hell was it that came out of there? Look completely different than that guy. And when they went in there, the security, there's nobody, but the guy laying there, you know, who they had to get, you know, get the, the ambulance to come and yeah. he got resuscitated and he's, by the grace of God, he's alive. But, I mean, you're sitting there going like, what was that? Like, what happened? What did they see? I mean, you know, what was it they were really looking at? They saw somebody 
leaned over somebody with his head in his mouth. You know, I mean, that's not a human being, you know, that, and then he comes out and there's a, there's a tall skinny guy, doesn't look anything like the guy, like, what is Different that? Different clothes? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't have weird. a leather jacket on, had, you know, white, uh, long sleeve shirt, black pants. How big was that bathroom? Uh, I remember going in, I mean, I don't know. Um, you've been in R. Ash's bar, right? Yeah. Probably about half the size of the, the their bathrooms. Yeah, you can't get change and get out no. that quickly. No, no. I mean, maybe three quarters the size of those bathrooms, but I mean, it's not. There's no way that that you know. Yeah. It was just. It was just a weird thing, you know. And I remember, I I, I saw it. Like you know, I looked at. I mean, I was there. We went there. We talked to him. Saw the camera. Yeah, I saw the camera footage. I mean, I heard the story, but it was just. It was just a bizarre thing, you know, and it was like, there's so many different weird things that have happened down there, stories that I need to get to, you know, I have them all, some of them written down on, on, and some of them that are in the, on the files, on the computer, on the uh, emails, but I don't know. That that right there to me was just, it was just one of those mysteries, you know, but th- there were so many weird things. Now, a friend of mine said this, and, and, and y'all probably know him too. Um, he said, you know, you're down there and you do so many so much, you drink so much and you smoke so much and you do so much, whatever, you know, he's like, it's kind of like a blur, you know, but then weird things are happening around you. But if you're paying attention, like I did, like I paid attention, you know what I mean? You pick up on all the little nuances and weird things that go on. Things don't get by me. Like a lot of people, other people, they don't notice things. They just kind of like let themselves go and be in the moment, whatever. I had this, you know, about me to where I had that bouncer mentality, even when I was running the club, not, not just bouncing, but, you know, managing and doing whatever. I just never lost that. I still have it to this day. If we go into a bar, y'all know that I watch everybody and I look around because I've seen things happen so quick and so, so weird. It's the perfect environment for something alien. I'm not saying that's alien, but something alien or robotic, reptilian, whatever. To hide and flourish. You know what I mean? I actually have a story as well on this subject. Funny enough, I think I told you about it when I wasn't thinking about, you know, mentioning it anytime soon. But I just told you I interviewed someone and they told me a story. Um, remember when I told you about the the guy who went to, it was his honeymoon. So he went to this like big house. It was supposed to be like this big bed. Oh, bed yes, bath. yes, yes, yes. And uh, he and his wife, it was supposed to be a bunch of different couples there, but none of them kind of showed up. So him and his wife had the whole house to themselves. And they were like, well, that's awesome. You know, we'll just explore the place and hang out here. So his wife was in the kitchen cooking around and he told me he had a couple drinks, but he wasn't like, you know, he was just, he was like starting. He wasn't blitzed. Yeah, he was was just starting. So he was like, I'm going to go explore the whole house. And uh, he was opening a couple doors and he noticed one big door in the hallway that said employees only and it was super locked like he tried it and he was like well i'm not gonna mess with it but it seemed kind of cool and uh he continued doing the exploring exploring and his wife called his name so he's as he's going to the kitchen he notices a room that he didn't really notice before but the only thing in the room is like this small staircase like not small like tiny small like it's meant for like it would be like you would have to be three or four feet to be able to use it correctly. And it leads all the way up to this small door that kind of looked like it led to a cellar or an attic or something. And he was like, 
I'm going to check that out later. I'm going to go see what my wife wants, but I'm going to make sure I remember to come check that out. Uh, he, you know, goes and helps his wife cooks dinner. They eat dinner and she's heading up to get ready for bed. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go check out that room now. Can't find it. Can't find it for the life of him. He searches the entire house and he's like, I, I know where the room is at. It's supposed to be right here. And all he can find there is a bunch of cabinets and it looks like that's, it looked like nothing has been moved. So he, he was like, maybe I, I've been drinking more than I thought. And he was like, well, I'll just go up to my room then and hang out with my wife for the night. As they're doing that, they keep hearing, like they hear a TV turn on and they hear it like blaring, obnoxiously loud. And they're like, well, was someone else in the house? It's as he's going down the stairs, he hears it coming from that employee's only closet and it's loud, loud, like they can hear it in their own room. And the only way they could really sleep was that they had to turn their own TV on to kind of offset that noise. So he wakes up in the morning and he, he's, you know, obviously irritated. So when he notices the old couple sitting there kind of preparing breakfast in the morning and like they're, they're getting ready to leave, he complains to them. He goes, hey, um, I thought you told me no one else could make it up here and that we had the whole house to ourselves. She, she, uh, the old lady like stops and looks at him and he goes, no one else is here. Like th no, no one could make it. This, we weren't even here. It was just y'all. She was like, no, he, he says, no, I, I promise you there's a TV in that employees only uh, room and someone was in there blaring it all night. Like they wouldn't stop until the morning. And she has, there's nothing in that room. It's an empty room with like maybe a couple of knickknacks. It's really just more of a storage area. She, he, he, he looks at her and he's like a little bewildered. He goes, well, can I check it out? So she, she walks to the closet, opens it up. And the only thing in there is a little chair, no, no TV, no nothing, empty room with a little chair. Kind of throws it in the back of his head. He goes, oh, I don't, that's weird, but I just kind of want to get out of here. As they're going back to the kitchen, he sees the small room again, this, the small little staircase, like the, it's, it's just an empty room with a small staircase. And he goes, oh, I've been wanting to check this out last night. Uh, what's up there? She quickly turns to him and she goes, no one's allowed up there. We don't let anyone go up there. It's, it's just a bunch of antiques up there. And he said, well, it, it looks really cool. Can you mind if I just check it up in there? And she's like adamant. No, no one. You can't go up there. He, his wife on the other end is quiet the entire time. And he was like, okay, like, you know, he, she's obviously freaked out. So let's just get out of here. As they're sitting in the truck or like the vehicle to go back to the house or back to the, their home, she, he asked her like, hey, are you okay? What's wrong? And the only thing she could, she could say was, I don't think those people were human. That that old couple was so odd to me and they, they didn't feel right to me. And like nothing about interacting with them felt like correct. It's like that, that's why I just wanted to get out as soon as possible. And he was like, what do you think they were? And he goes, it felt like I was talking to someone who was extremely old to the point where like there was nothing left inside them. Weird. <laughs> Unhumans. Un Unpeople. And was it nighttime when they showed up or were they there, were they there during the day? Um, he said that they got there towards like 
it was just like sundown. Like it was close. Mm. It was about to be, you know, so he got there and it was just them, the old couple in the house, but then they left and, and they were expecting more people, but he got ca- uh, a call from her later on saying that, you know, no one was expected to show up. So I don't even know, like, what was that? What, what was that little room? Mm-hmm. What was, what were they hearing in that closet? <laughs> and where did that little room go? Where did it go? Yeah. Because he, he said, like, he knew exactly where it was, and he looked around, like, it, it was like these cabinets just appeared, and he looked, like, behind them, and he tried to, like, move them somehow. He couldn't figure out, like, where that little room went. As soon, see, he noticed it when he didn't want to explore it. When he did want to explore it, then he couldn't find it. That's weird. That's a trip. Yeah. Well, that's it for tonight, folks. You know, uh, thank you for... Uh, tuning in and listening to us tell you these uh, weird tales. Um, I don't know what to make of them sometimes. It's just, it's sometimes I can't even wrap my mind around the things that happened to me. I don't know. It just, and then we have people that give us stories and who knows, man, maybe there are, maybe they do walk among us, robots and reptilians and, and vampires. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? Thanks for listening, people and unpeople, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you if you are listening, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everybody who contributes to the show by giving us their stories. And as always, uh, be safe and good night.